In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David that is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time came for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the most recognizable aspects of the Christmas season is the manger scene. I remember as a child going out with my father and collecting moss, uh, both the green stuff and the Spanish moss that hung from the trees where we grew up in, in Georgia, in order to help my dad to construct a small nativity scene that the family had. We had a very large set, and we had every, all the pieces. We had shepherds, sheep, the wise men, donkeys, cows, even the camels, and even dogs that went with the shepherds. Some people even have light-up nativity scenes that are uh, you know, blow-up size in their front yards. And in my opinion, the nativity is truly the proper decoration for Christmas because it speaks to the heart of what Christmas is all about, a baby and a manger. The baby shows God's love to us in his willingness to humble himself and to come among us as a baby. This baby is God's son, co-creator of the universe. Is this not true humility? that he should come to us in this manner. The manger shows to us again his humility and foreshadows his desire to continue to humble himself before us 
in the Eucharist. A manger is a food trough from which the animals ate. This was Jesus' first bed. Is this not a sign of God's humility? Furthermore, the Eucharist, Jesus continues to humble himself and offers himself to us as food each and every day when we celebrate the Mass under simple appearances of bread and wine. In some nativity scenes, according to uh, Pope Benedict, he writes about this. He says that in the late Middle Ages, the stable is depicted not as a stable, nor even as a cave, but as a crumbling palace. It is still possible to recognize its former splendor, but now it has become a ruin. The walls have fallen in. In fact, it has become a kind of stable. Although it lacks any historical basis, this metaphorical interpretation nevertheless expresses something of the truth that is hidden in the mystery of Christmas. Man, made in the image and likeness of God, and indeed all of creation has fallen and is in need of a savior. Christmas speaks to us about God's love poured out in his humility and God's desire to redeem all of humanity to himself. When God, who so loved the world, sent his only son, he chose to come among us as a baby. He did not choose a palace or a mansion of the rich. Rather, he comes to us simply as a baby in a manger. A baby, as you and I both know, is completely and totally dependent on his mother and father for everything. Jesus was completely in need of all of Mary's love and care. God's humility is truly amazing. It is through humility that God chose to save us. God does not want to come and force us into submission with force and power, but rather God humbles himself and waits for us to invite him into the Bethlehem of our hearts. Who could look upon an innocent baby and not be moved with love and adoration? Even young children want to hold and cuddle a tiny baby. God invites man to make room in his heart to receive the Christ child. Truly, we see God's humility in Jesus' birth, but Christmas is also an invitation for us to humble ourselves. For it is only through humility that we can come to salvation. Can we humble ourselves and admit that our lives are crumbling apart and that we too are fallen and in need and in need of God to save us? Can we humble ourselves to believe that this tiny child lying in the manger is not only the son of Mary, but truly the son of God? Can we humble ourselves to stoop our heads and give ourselves to God. Yes, it is true, only through humility comes salvation. First, God humbles himself and offers us his son. Man, too, then, must humble himself and receive God. In the first Christmas story, Mary is with child awaiting birth, and Joseph is full of expectancy as he enters the city of his own family. 
He searched for a place for the birth of him to whom heaven and earth belonged. Could it be that the creator would not find room in his own creation? Certainly, thought Joseph, there would be room in the village inn. There was room there for the rich. There was room there for those who were clothed in soft garments. There was room for everyone who had a tip to give to the innkeeper. But when finally the scrolls of history are complete, down to the last word of time, the saddest line of all will be that there was no room for him in the inn. No room in the inn, but there was room in the stable. The inn was the gathering place of public opinions, the focal point of the world's moods, the rendezvous of the worldly, the rallying place of the popular and the successful. But there's no room in the place where the world gathers. The stable is a place for outcasts, the poor, the ignored and forgotten. The world might have expected the Son of God to be born in a palace or an inn. A stable would certainly be the last place in the world where anyone would go looking for him. The lesson is, the Lord is always where you least expect to find him. Why is this? Because the world does not expect a humble God. The world is not so willing to be humble in receiving God. The world is too proud to admit it is in need of a savior. Would it not be a shame for a man to say that there is no room in his heart to receive God? That would be the worst thing for anyone to have a heart close to his love. By humbling ourselves and inviting God to find a home in us, we find the path to salvation. It is freely offered and freely given, but it requires our cooperation, our humility to admit we indeed need saving. Humility can be an uncomfortable virtue. It means admitting that I don't have all the answers. It means recognizing the fact that I need help. Most people today don't like to be dependent on others. Our society values one who is completely self-sufficient. We want to be strong, having the right house, the right job, the right clothes, and so on and so forth, so that we can appear to have it all together and that we are in charge of our lives, creating our own little heaven on earth. But we can never turn earth into heaven. Only God can give us true heaven and happiness on earth, and that is why he chose to be born in our world, to show us the way. But we have to humble ourselves in order to accept his way. Humility can seem to us pain or a suffering, we can often struggle to love when it is not easy, to forgive those who hurt us, to give to those in need, to show patience when those around us get on our nerves, or to give ourselves to God in so many other ways. But these sufferings, these sacrifices, are part of our humility and part of our redemption. When a tiny grain of sand makes its way into an oyster shell, it causes great discomfort and irritation to the oyster's soft flesh. To get rid of this discomfort, the oyster secretes a calcium saliva that little by little builds up around the rough grain of sand, soothing it out and making it into a beautiful pearl. Humbling oneself before God can be something like this. We strive to make a home for Jesus within us, 
We may feel uncomfortable, but we, we may even be called to suffer, but it is all worth it in the end because Christ alone knows exactly how to turn our crosses and sufferings into a beautiful shining pearl. There is a church that has been built in Bethlehem over the cave where it is believed that Jesus was born. This church has one very peculiar aspect. The doors are so low that in order to enter the church, a person has to stoop his head, bowing very low to the ground in order to enter. This is a rich symbol of mankind's need to humble himself before God. Because Jesus was born in a cave, all who wish to see him must bend, must stoop, and the stoop is the mark of humility. The proud refuse to stoop and thus miss his divinity. Those, however, who are willing to bend their ego to enter that cave find that they are not in a cave at all, but in a universe where sits a baby on his mother's lap, and this baby is the one who made everything. Now I want to tell you one of my favorite Christmas stories. Many of you have heard this before. There was once an eight-year-old boy named Jeff. Jeff had been stricken by polio and left him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Christmas was coming, and as always, he wanted to be part of his school Christmas play. Despite of his disability, he wanted so much to be a part of that play. The only role that was perfect for him in his condition, being in a wheelchair, was the role of the innkeeper. The only thing he had to do was sit at the window and say the words, sorry, there's no room in the inn. At rehearsal, when he looked very sad because he saw that all the other characters, Joseph, the kings, the shepherds, they were all the good guys because they were doing something good for baby Jesus, but the innkeeper, now that's the bad guy because he rejects Jesus. Go away, there's no room here in the inn. But when the day of Christmas came, the, the Christmas play came, Jeff was excited and happy and a totally different boy. They all got ready. Jeff was put in a chair and placed by the window of the inn. And the first scene opened with Joseph and Mary approaching the inn. On cue, Joseph knocked on the door and shouted, could we have a room for the night? Immediately, little boy could not contain himself and blurted out, come on in, we've been expecting you. <laughs> This beautiful Christmas story moves our hearts because we see the great desire of this little boy, Jeff, to welcome Jesus. He doesn't want to be the bad guy. What about me? What about you and all of us? Do we want to welcome God into our hearts? God is still looking for homes in all of our hearts. He still humbles himself and comes to us simply in the appearance of bread and wine. Each day we are called to be like little Jeff and cry out to him, come on in, I've been waiting for you. Christmas would be nothing without the birth of Jesus. But Christmas only has real meaning in a heart that welcomes God. Let us open our hearts tonight with little Jeff and welcome Jesus into our homes.
into our hearts. Merry Christmas.